Welcome to Max and the Supply Chain Heroes, your entrepreneurial podcast about challenges and changes in procurement and distribution in the context of digitalization. Thoughts, experiences, and above all, findings by experts in supply chain management. Completely free of any consultancy mission, easy, understandable, just plain business perspective. I'm Max Meister, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to a new episode of Max and the Supply Chain Heroes. My today's guest is uh, Tom Gale. CEO of Modern Distribution Management. They serve all people that are interested in information about wholesale distribution in the US. And I think this episode is very interesting because you can get many insights in the actual state of distribution in the US and also have some insights about the situation for the distributors in Germany. I think MDM.com is very shareworthy and I think it would be good if you check out the homepage. We will put it in the description below. They have a so-called premium part and I think it's very interesting to get some insights there. I also attended a convention last year in Denver and um, yeah, I think they do a good job. So I wish you an interesting 30 minutes and as always, when you have feedback, just write me an email to max at supplychainheroes.com. Have fun. Okay, welcome to a new episode of Max und die Supply Chain Helden. Uh, today I have an uh, English-speaking guest. Tom Gale is sitting here. Before I start introducing you halfway, maybe uh, you just tell uh, the audience who you are and uh, what you do. Thank you, Max. Uh, delighted to be here with you today. I am the CEO of Modern Distribution Management. It is a market research and media company based in uh, Colorado in the United States. And we have been actually a newsletter journal that covers wholesale distribution since 1967. Uh, in 1992, I bought the newsletter. And particularly in the last 10 years, we have really... Uh, invested more in our research and uh, digital channels and really tracking key trends in uh, distribution. So we don't really cover products. We cover all verticals of distribution. But it's really around the operating best practices of distributors, the key trends that are changing the industry, and uh, and, and the strategies of companies. So we, we do a lot of work in terms of uh, mergers and acquisitions, competitive dynamics, And um, and that includes some of what's taking place in Europe as, as well as the United States. So your focus until today is mainly the U.S. market? Um, yes, up until I would say in the last 10 years in particular, there's been a few different ways of uh, acquisitions going in both directions. But primarily there were some European distributors in, including Eric's and Sonapar across a couple of different uh, product verticals that started buying up U.S. distributors and building a, a platform in North America. And so that was, that was roughly 10 to 15 years ago that started to take place. So when that started happening, uh, we became more interested in covering those companies in Europe more closely. Mm -hmm. So I get to know you uh, a couple of years ago when I asked you about uh, which companies I should visit uh, in the U.S., so we are mainly trying to figure out what's going on in supply chain management and in supply chain uh, optimization. So I think it would be very interesting to draw out uh, what is the actual state of uh, the whole topic supply chain management and uh, disruptive distribution, as you always uh, call it, uh, in the U.S. Sure. 
Um, well, a final piece of introduction, because I think it's important. But on the media side of what we do, we uh, produce a daily e-newsletter that reaches about 15,000 wholesale distribution executives, as well as the suppliers uh, to them. So about 85% of our audience are distributors. About 10% are uh, manufacturers of products, and I'd say 5% are service providers, so it's the software companies and, and, and the ERP systems that cover um, and the consultants that are working in the industry. So we've really built out a community uh, across all these different distribution sectors with our biggest strengths really in the industrial products. So power transmission, MRO, fluid power, electrical, those are really the strongest, and fasteners, those are really the strongest areas where we have our largest audience, and then as well, uh, also in construction supplies, building materials. So as you finished up with the introduction, you are talking, or your audience is uh, basically covering all parts of the supply chain. So you have the manufacturer, you have the distributor, you have some software companies. So what is the actual state? Well, um, so so we also do a lot of surveys of our, our audience, and what we've really uh, seen a shift in what's really forming our themes this year uh, is really around a couple of different areas. One is around analytics being a really critical uh, aspect of um, what we really track what the, the the leading distributors are doing to really differentiate themselves in their respective markets. Um, and it really comes down to three things that we're tracking now and really seeing making the big difference. One is in analytics and really companies that are able to better leverage their data and understand what's happening. The other aspect is in digitalization uh, and, and in particular starting to think differently in terms of uh, becoming more platform companies. And then the final piece is around talent development. And in distribution, at least in the U.S., that's always been um, put in the back seat. It really hasn't been so important. We really think, and what we're seeing here is that things are changing so quickly now that finally distributors are recognizing they need to bring new types of talent into their businesses that five years ago they weren't thinking about. Yeah, I always say company culture eats strategy for breakfast. Absolutely. So I think it's very important that uh, you have young people that really understand how the company is working and try to evolve step by step. And you, you cannot make a strategy in digitalization in the ivory tower and uh, know what is happening in 10 years. So you have always have to adapt uh, quickly. You mentioned uh, three topics. If you look at the analytics part, can you tell us some some services or some thoughts you have where uh, some distributors do a good job in terms of supply chain optimization? Yeah, and I think uh, you know it, it divides into two areas internally, but then externally. I think really where we're seeing um, the real gains being made are in those distributors and their manufacturer-supplier partners in uh, data sharing uh, and just increasing the visibility around um, you know, inventory availability, uh, you know, stocking, uh, all this sort of the transparency of information, which is really um, that's translating into much better customer service Uh, at the customer level, because ultimately that's what this is all about, right? So it just makes sense that those distributors that are 
essentially starting to be strategic in picking their partners, their supplier partners, around those who can supply good data and information to make them much smarter to their customers, that's that's the shift we're starting to see, I think, in terms of there's still exclusive distribution, there always will be, but there's another level that's entering here in terms of um, you can't be all things to all people. And I think that's a shift that's starting to get faster right now. Uh, do you see new distributors uh, going to the industrial market? So we all know about Amazon Business, but do you know other companies that use that kind of data analytics? Absolutely. And this is where, you know, and of course, this all comes together in terms of, I talked about digitalization, analytics, and talent. Uh, of course, all of this is all mixed up into one very important um, mix of how, how, how a company builds competitive advantage. Um, so, so to your question... Um, what we're seeing now are new models of distribution where, in a similar way to what Amazon Business is doing, um, the, their cost structures are entirely different than the traditional um, branch uh, models that have worked for you know, 100 years in distribution. And uh, what that means is it's, it's becoming very difficult uh, for traditional distributors to operate in the same model with the same type of cost structures, particularly in outside sales. And the out typical outside sales costs for most distributors are very expensive. So what we're really seeing right now is a very quick transition uh, for some distributors to really attack that problem of a sales model that's not sustainable in the future with all the digital uh, competitors that are emerging out there. So again, what's happening out there is you're getting another fragmentation taking place in terms of what the market looks like with a much smaller type of distributor, but they still have access to product one way or another, but they don't have the same uh, carrying costs for inventory. Uh, they figured out how, how to operate that more leanly but they also have a much leaner sales model as well. I think it's a similar situation here uh, in Germany. Um, also, the costs for outside sales are quite high. But what we see is that you can really help with some digital tools. You can help to make the outside sales more efficient uh, for us, but also for the customer. Because we have more and more customers that say, uh, we don't want to have any visits, or at least a maximum once a year. And uh, I think it's the same in the U.S. Uh, I talked to Jonathan Bind from uh, Real, um, Real Results Marketing, and I think he, he made a survey uh, how many customers really want to have visits from outside sales, and it's declining uh, yeah. year by year. Yeah. So it will be difficult in the future to uh, really uh, get contact to the customer. Yeah, and Jonathan's been a, a great research partner and good friend to uh, MDM.com, our web platform, uh, for many years. But it's not just about digital, as you know, because, um, and, and we just had a conference about this um, about three weeks ago in Las Vegas, uh, in our third annual conference around transforming the traditional outside sales model and distribution, where you have more of a generalist doing a lot of things for customers to creating more of a team-based approach. So it, it's a change in culture and, and a, a, a team uh, really a change in structure about your sales process. And uh, what we're seeing is those distributors that are going to 
having their outside salespeople much more specialized in terms of business development specialists. But then you have the uh, customer managers um, who are really handling the more of the day-to-day, what a lot of people call inside sales roles. Um, they, by splitting that up and defining them better, it's, it's solving a lot of problems for distributors. It's, it's making it much more efficient and, and creating much stronger customer relationships in the process. I hope this is true, and I hope this works because I think this can be a big chance for uh, traditional distributors to really uh, have a role in the future in the whole uh, supply chain. Because if you do not uh, develop this positive, I think it's difficult uh, to really uh, compete against the the big online uh, players. Yeah, and, and and this is the key question because I I think we're going to see a lot of consolidation take place here over the next few years. And particularly, uh, you know, given the economic cycles, we, we may be due for a little bit of contraction. Uh, I, I know in the U.S. we're looking at, uh, we've had a very long uh, cycle of economic growth. And you know, nobody knows the, what's going to happen in the future, but all the, all the economic forecasters are saying that, you know, 2019 is likely to be softer than 2018 and, and uh, the, the writing's on the wall. So what I think this means is, um, universally, is you're going to see some distributors that aren't making these changes really being forced to sell. And uh, I think what that means is these more nimble um, type of sort of new distribution models are, are going to be very successful because they can adapt and adjust to what customers are asking for much more quickly. Okay, I see, and I think it's the truth. Uh, if you can adapt, you will survive. That's uh, what I uh, truly believe. If you look at uh, the distribution in the U.S., and you also know some distributors here in Europe, can you give us an impression? Uh, do you see any difference, or do you see many similarities? And what is the time difference between maybe uh, the continents? Are uh, the U.S. distributors ahead uh, three to five years, or can you uh, give us a general uh, impression about that topic? You know, five years or ten years ago, I think I would have said yes, probably, but just because I think um, my impression, and I'm far from knowledgeable about European markets, but it's there were more barriers five or ten years ago in terms of cross-border um, expansion capability. So in, in, in ways, there was more, more limitations in terms of growth, but if you take a look at... Uh, What's happened with um, with Rubik's and and the whole growth and and uh, and and some of the other larger distributors out there? I, I would say it's it's really become much closer uh, to to what is happening today in the United States. Um, so I, I think technology has had a lot to do with that as well. I, I think it's really uh, leveled the playing field internationally, and and it certainly has in terms of. Um, Within the United States, technology has leveled the playing field where you you have the large nationals and they tend to have the large customers want to deal with companies that look like them. So, And you have the smaller uh, distributors who tend to have higher customer service levels and that local relationship that's always been very difficult for these big national companies to try to establish. And so I, I think in many ways you have the same type of customer dynamics and, and what's happening there. Um, and, and I would say, especially in the last few years with the whole digital uh, explosion that we're seeing, is, is it is becoming very much the same um, challenges and ways that people are creating 
good competitive businesses or good, I would say, um, differentiated positions in their markets where they are, are clearly have strong customer relationships that are hard to take away. Um, you know, an example of that, I guess, is really um, in, in the value-added services. And, and uh, it's hard for a large national distributor to really be able to create some very customized services at a local level for customers. And so I don't ever think that's going to go away. I mean, and particularly in, in manufacturing environments, um, that there's a need for uh, where a, um, a distributor can actually be more efficient in terms of uh, actually saving costs, increasing productivity than what they can do internally or by going with a, another larger type of a distributor necessarily. So I think markets are becoming healthier overall um, and more challenging, but I, I still don't see, you know, we're not going to go all digital or all the businesses and going to go to national players and, and it's not going to just go down, you know, to either in the United States or, or anywhere. I don't think it's going to, we're just going to see three distributors rule the world. Um, now I know we're going to talk about Amazon business and that's a different, that's a different conversation, but even with that, I don't really believe, I still think there will be very strong niches that distributors will not only be able to defend, but compete very effectively in the future. Okay. You started with Amazon business. This is uh, for sure one of uh, the main topics. We also were discussing in Denver a bit about that. I would be very interested in the actual the situation in the U.S. because what I think in business to business, uh, the situation with the competitors like uh, Granger or uh, also uh, MSC and the other big companies, and in combination with Amazon Business, I really think that the situation you have now in the U.S. is maybe the situation we are looking uh, at uh, in Germany in five years mm -hmm. or in four years. So um, I think it would be interesting to know uh, what is what is the situation with these competitors and the development. Yeah, we spend a lot of time um, analyzing Amazon business, and 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 that's not easy because they they're very quiet. Um, it's it's hard to get information specifically about their business segments. Um, they don't report a lot, and um, but we spend a lot of our time trying to figure out and then reporting on what they do. Um, It really depends on who you are and the types of products that you sell. And uh, you mentioned Granger; They are particularly vulnerable, and, and I think more so than a Fastenal um, because of the types of products and the types of customer segments. You know, at, at a, an overall level, if you are um, more selling commodity-type products, And, of course, MRO products, are many of those are, are very commodity that don't require a lot of uh, additional application or technical expertise. Those are very vulnerable. And what we're seeing is, is that um, Granger's model, I think, is more open to being um, disrupted by an Amazon business than many more technical distributors. And so... It really depends on how large you are and your focus. What we're seeing is the nationals are really more uh, vulnerable to Amazon business taking a larger percentage of what they're selling today because they don't have the backup. It used to be that Granger was the uh, convenience store. They had the ability to, um, you know, if you needed something, you could get it tomorrow. Well, Amazon business has taken that away, right? And you, know, you can get it today in many cases. 
with the smaller distributors, what we're seeing is that um, they are definitely getting some of the products that are not their core products that they really built the business on. They, but the the products that were sold along with their main products, their areas of expertise. So let's say if they were cutting tool specialists, let's say, or or bearing specialists, um, many of those products aren't going to go away. But then if they had other products that were added on by customers, customers are getting much more price shopping and, and, and looking competitively to fill that in. And Amazon business is definitely taking that away. So it's hurting the overall, what used to be, a product mix that would increase your overall profitability because particularly those other items used to be very not very price sensitive. So it, they were add-ons. The customer didn't really care. Well, the customer's starting to care now. So this is where, again, the distributors that aren't really addressing their cost-to-serve models, whether that be in outside sales or in inventory management or supplier management, whatever it is, they are having trouble because their profitability is is very challenged. Margins keep getting tighter. Um, you know, we're start we're in, a, in an area where we keep getting pricing increases as well. I, I think twenty nineteen is going to be a, um, a a year of transition for uh, distributors. I know in the U S. because the the equation for profitability has never been more difficult than it is now, and that's the that's really the Amazon business impact. I think. Yeah, I can imagine. This plays quite a big role. You mentioned uh, Fastenal before. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Granger was celebrated for switching such a big piece of his turnover to online. And now he's very vulnerable for this. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, a couple of years ago, everybody said, what is Fastenal doing with 50,000 vending machines pushing into the market? And uh, I think now it's, it was a great move because they own the contact to the customer and they can reduce... The, uh, the amount of outside sales visits because uh, maybe a, a guy from the logistics is there every week anyway. So um, I think these two companies are good examples for the speed of change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other aspect with Fastenal that's interesting is because they have a different product mix and customer base and they're more heavily construction supplies, I think they have a little bit more... Um, defense against an Amazon business because of the nature of the types of products and they're going out there's job sites that they're serving in that so it's a it's a slightly different equation in terms of the customer relationship and I think that's harder for an Amazon business to take away than it is for that Granger um, kind of convenience store um, model that they used to be successful at. Okay. Uh, maybe for the first part, uh, I only have uh, one question uh, left. So you know about uh, analytics, digitalization, and also about the race for talents. Uh, what would uh, your main focus be if you sit on my chair and try to, uh, to run a successful distribution business? So we talk a lot about moats. And um, it, it's about how can you create that differentiation for for the value that you provide to customers, and I would say for suppliers as well. What can you change in your business to really create an extremely differentiated um, experience for your customers? Start with that, and I think you need to build from there. And 
once you start looking at it from that way and identifying, I, I think then you start to say, well, you know, if we're doing kitting of parts or if we're putting vending machines in or if I have a technical specialist who knows that customer's problems, let's say you're a specialist in uh, um, in, in beverage, uh, you know, bottling, packaging, whatever, uh, or food production, if you have a specialist that your customers respect because of, of that knowledge, that's a very difficult position to try to uh, attack. So if you can focus on your moats, I think every distributor needs to focus on their moats over these next two to three years. And to do that, that comes back to both the digitalization and, and the capabilities to be more efficient, but also really around the talent development because you really need different type of talent, I think, to continue to develop that than you did five or ten years ago. So uh, I guess an example of that is not only the technical expertise, um, but really it's, it's the way that customers, because there's a generational shift taking place with those customers as well, I, I think distributors need to start bringing in the, the the people who can talk to and connect and do business the way that those customers want to. And what we're seeing, and I know we've done some research, again, with Jonathan buying Real Results Marketing, around more email orders uh, being placed, but even there's texting orders, and, and you know, people are placing, placing orders through... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, through text. I mean, uh, it's not just email, but e- there's now, uh, if you don't have the capability to you know, accept email orders and then translate those you know, digitally and manage those, that, that's a very difficult manual process. And there's, there's some good software out there to, to do that. So it's, it's not like it hasn't been solved. But if you're not even looking at that, I think that those are the types of problems that I think distributors have to solve over the next few years here to really be competitive with all the digital competitors. Okay, that's, uh, I think, an interesting wrap-up. Maybe we have to talk about the uh, race for talent a little bit longer or in a later episode because I had the uh, honor to make a speech at your uh, event uh, in Denver last year in uh, September or October. And the topic of educating people was one of the biggest. So I think I have some more questions about this. Okay, so for the first time, we stop here. And later on, we will come back with an episode about the second part of MDM. And it's called MDM Analytics. It's a special software. I think it's very interesting. And um, yeah, we will make a short break. Thanks, Max. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>